mega trends uh, which influence our world at the moment. Uh, when it comes to technology, okay, there are ten most uh, powerful technology which will influence on our next economy. Means more or less will be influenced by this technology. Okay, whether you like it or not, it, but you will be yeah, influenced. So drones, blockchains, big data, AR, VR, 3D printing, and artificial intelligence, robot, IoT, genetics. But if you look, look around this technology, you can have a four different categories. So AI-based intelligent technology, and also data, big data-based data-driven technology, and also IoT-based uh, connected technology. And also, uh, more importantly, the technology we are looking at is AR, VR-based immersive technology, which is, is more in interface technology. I want to look at this uh, platform waves. Why we are looking at AR, VR? So if you look at technology development, there are different waves. PC, one time, PC was um, dominant for uh, you know, uh, our society. So everybody uses PC. So there are so many companies like Apple, IBM, Hewlett Packard, Microsoft, they emerged uh, because once the PC is becoming main platform. And then it moved to internet. Middle of the 1990s, so Facebook, Google, the new companies emerged, and then a mobile became uh, another platform. So I think more or less we are in mobile uh, state age at the moment. So uh, some new companies just based on mobile is started, like Samsung or WhatsApp uh, and um, Uber, this sort of a company. Then what is next platform? So means. Uh, all the industry, all the people, what kind of platform they're going to use. And many people predict uh, is virtual reality, augmented reality, or ML is a mixed reality. It's going to be next platform means everybody, uh, majority of people will uh, access this kind of ALB and technology. I think it is happening now. Okay? And the potential of ALB application. I think there are two different angles. The consumer side, I think video games, live events, and video entertainment. Another research shows that virtual tourism, so leisure, tourism, and hospitality, this is an industry which many uh, consumers, they want to use ALBR. But if you look at the different uh, opposite side of the uh, industry uh, perspective, Healthcare is number one potential area, obviously, engineering for the training people and real estate and retail and military and education. So there are also you know, some gap between the, what industry are using these ARVR technology and customer expectation uh, of using ARVR. Customers want to use more or ARVR and virtual tourism like a destination, want to travel, look at the destination. That's the number one, uh, like, uh, uh, things they want to do it, okay? So, what about tourism, hospitality, and cultural heritage sector? That is the uh, main focus of our uh, presentation today, okay? So, ARVR for tourism, as uh, uh, Robert mentioned, augmented reality is more in-situ, on-site uh, experience, Best, better technical on-site experience, whilst virtual reality, either before you go or after the trip, 
uh, that is quite a powerful technology, especially in the motivation stage and the planning stage. Virtual reality is powerful. But when you are in destination, augmented reality have a great potential. So there are many examples already in tourism, okay? Uh, like a cruise company, they use virtual reality for selling cruise holiday. Marriott Hotel, they use the virtual reality for, for people uh, have a look at first and book and Virgin Atlantic use the first Google Glass and some gallery and the Thomas Cook, uh, working with Samsung, they tested the virtual reality whether it increased sales for the six, six weeks period and the experiment shows that yes, the uh, virtual reality really help people to buy some more product. Okay? So I think here and there, there are lots of trials being made and there are some evidence that there are great potential. Okay? But uh, at the moment, tourism industry, they are still left behind compared to other industry like healthcare, manufacturing, all this. Okay? So one of the great barriers uh, to growth the immersive economy, in, especially in tourism, is the tech ecosystem is not existent. There are not enough people who have the right skills, and uh, they are not quite uh, enough money to invest this technology because it, it requires a lot of resources issues. Okay? So uh, in our hub, uh, from since 2013, so it's almost six or seven years, we did a lot of uh, case studies uh, project uh, uh, to overcome, you know, what are the barriers and how we can all overcome those barriers. Okay? So I think Mandy will uh, talk about some of the projects we've been doing for the last six years. Yes, so what we found basically is that especially SMEs really struggle to invest in new technologies just simply because they don't have the resources. So um, coming from a university, you know, always want to help people, want to do interesting research. So that's what we try to um, look at, looking really at the SME, cultural heritage and tourism sector. So um, we started in 2013 looking at um, augmented reality as part of the cultural heritage trail. And what we normally do as part of our research is we start from user requirements um, research in the beginning, then actually develop the application together with external or internal developers and move on um, to um, test the prototype and then create final applications. So that's what we did in 2013 in Dublin. Then in 14, we created a Google Glass application. It was the first in the UK and it was for an art gallery. And I'll tell a bit more about it later on. Um, then we created an AR and VR application for a mining site in Cornwall moved on to a Jewish museum to create a, a learning experience on AR, uh, worked together with Barclays to see, you know, where's the commercial um, benefit in doing all of this. And yeah, then we had a couple of more studies, um, virtual reality, then we did a 360 degree experience in the Lake District. And finally, now we are involved in the Box project, which is a multi-sensory experience in Finland. So back in Dublin in 13, so nobody knew what augmented reality actually was. So we really wanted to test, you know, what's the potential of it. Um, we created a tour. That's the, um, was it St. Peter's O'Connell Street? And we created a tour using marker-based and GPS-based content. And we really wanted to see, you know, what's working, what isn't working. Um, tested it using 50 students from our university 
and also um, international tourists to Dublin. And what we really found is um, that it wasn't stable enough back then, so the GPS wasn't stable, so whenever you wanted to scan something, it was a couple of meters off, so the experience wasn't really great. Um, the markers were not stable back then, so um, just the devices were not capable of de delivering um, compelling AR cases. Um, so yeah, it was a bit too early to test AR back then. Then in 14, Google Glass appeared in the US and we were able to meet a developer in um, San Francisco. And we decided, <clears throat> let's test it in the UK as well. And Manchester Art Gallery was really interested to be the first of its kind in the UK um, to test such an application. So what we did is uh, we created a um, personalized tour around the art gallery. So whenever you scanned um, a painting, information appeared, you were able to get um, a recommended tour based on your interest, the paintings you viewed already. And, and it was really good because um, compared to an audio guide, as we heard before, you know, it's not, it was unobtrusive. You didn't have to carry anything around. It was just in front of your eyes. Um, it was really great and people couldn't hear what you were um, listening to because of the bone conducting speakers. So actually it was a really good case study. The problem with Google Glass was um, it was always overheating. So after trying it for 10 minutes or so, you know, we had to turn it off, start again. So the device wasn't ready yet. Um, biggest um, problems also what we found was the art gallery didn't want to invest too many resources. So they didn't provide us with a curator. We had to make up all the content and you know, find it um, ourselves. Um, so yes, it was a nice experience for them, but it wasn't the most in-depth um, art gallery experience. And after we got a lot of media attention, actually the art gallery came to us and said, oh, oh shame, we should have invested some more time in your project and made it really compelling and good. And there was a social acceptability element, so people they felt comfortable walking around the art gallery using this device, but they felt it's not really socially acceptable what other people are thinking about them. And I think that's also why Google Glass failed because of all these problems. Um, you know, it, was, it wasn't, people didn't feel comfortable filming things and taking pictures of that. And that's really pretty much what our research showed. Um, then we went down to Cornwall and we worked with the UNESCO World Heritage Site to see, we were really much interested in how AI and VR can be used to, um, for tourism sustainability purposes. So when you um, consider, when you have a cultural heritage site, you're not allowed to put signage everywhere, especially outdoor site. So augmented reality could be used in order to replace, um, to create digital signage. And um, for the virtual reality part, we really wanted to see how we can make inaccessible sites accessible, which was really um, good, especially if you think from the disability um, angle, that you can provide experience which people are not normally able to, um, to have. You simply recreate them, and this was really good, and I think this quote is really powerful. Do things that can only be done in VR, not the thing that can also be done in VR. So we really try to create experiences that normally wouldn't be available. And um, yeah, this was a really, really powerful project and um, especially elder people. You no normally don't expect them to use virtual reality, but especially elder people enjoyed, you know, going down a mining shaft and experiencing that and uh, it was really successful. Um, 
in Manchester, we went to the Jewish Museum and they have a problem because every school in Manchester needs to go to that museum as part of their school um, curriculum. Um, but the experience was based on volunteers, you know, who, who told their experiences and their stories. And they were afraid that they might lose these kind of volunteers over time. So they wanted to capture um, all those experiences in an application. So um, what we created was a kind of a treasure hunt. So we had different hotspots around the museum. And whenever um, school children scanned certain objects, you know, they had to find them. Um, information appeared. At the end, we created a quiz to test if they actually had the experience. And um, this pilot actually was used in order to secure future um, investments for um, exhibition design. So this one was a really interesting study of how um, AR can be used to make an experience more interactive and capture memories and experiences. And that's a video. Let's see. Is it working? The museum's been open since 1984. Um, it's housed in a former synagogue and we tell the history of the Jewish community in Manchester. We really wanted to see how to make this building come to life. We used about 12 to 13 hotspots throughout the museum and we tried a number of varied media types or actions. Some of the things were avatars where you would see an avatar that is a digital person um, explaining the particular item or element that we were looking at. Some of the other things were simple audio recordings and sometimes we found that actually the best thing would be a very minimalistic picture or description of what it is. We had a contemporary interviews and focus group uh, using the school children and they said it is one of the innovative exciting uh, kind of a technology which they never experienced before. So we have a a number of evidence from school children that it's, it's, it's really kind of fascinating. So what the app allowed users to do is very clearly choose what they wanted to do. It wasn't a prescribed job and all features were optional and we found that the more mature market tended to look at the app and just go straight for the hotspots and facts as well as the navigation around the museum whereas the children interacted much more with the, so if you want to call them gamified elements, the 2D avatars, the 3D avatars um, as well as the audio recordings and actually made it a game to see who could finish all the hotspots first and then answer the quiz questions. The team at OMU wanted to explore the use of that in historic space. We wanted to explore how augmented reality could work within this building in our larger project. So the two worlds really came together. We see augmented reality as a huge opportunity for this kind of storytelling, enhancing customer experiences, visitor experiences, as well as looking at well, does it actually help the learning process in art galleries, museums, or other spaces? I can see the good potential in the future. Uh so, um, just what I wanted really to um, reiterate is this project was so successful because the museum was really involved. So when you have the organization, everyone is involved, really invested in the project. You've got curators, you've got the manager, and everyone really wants to achieve a great um, application. Um, then it can be a success. Um, just quickly, then we developed an application for the Museum of Science and Industry, and there we really wanted to test the marketing potential of virtual reality. So how um, we created an application 
for another museum and we tested it in a museum in Manchester and we wanted to see does it entice people to visit um, another museum and the answer was yes I think about 75% said because of the um, application we are interested in visiting Cornwall and going to the museum so um, this was really interesting from the marketing perspective and then all of this is great but we had to think about you know how can income be generated so we worked together with Barclays and created an basic application, whenever you could scan something you had the option in this case to um, donate money to a good cause um, but the idea for museums was whenever you see an artifact or a poster or something you would be able to buy something from the souvenir shop to um, purchase something I don't know, from, from the restaurant or something, just how you can link augmented reality um, directly to the, um, to the um, museum experience and purchasing items. So, um, since, uh, up to 2016, we do the more like indoor AR project, but 2016, there's a European City of Science Festival, so it means all the scientists uh, from Europe, they came to Manchester, and there's a big festival, okay? So this is one of the first kind of project we get involved in is open door, not indoor, but in the city context, a smart city, smart tourism context, can AR and VR can be used? That was the main uh, question. So uh, we work with a number of different organizations like Marketing Manchester or University and um, Gallery, all different people, and also US software company called Spark Compass, uh, which provide a smart city uh, platform. Okay? So those are the main uh, like, uh, stakeholders who joined uh, this, this project and also Samsung actually sponsored this project as well. So what we did was a kind of a, uh, develop an augmented reality application and using the idea of a Pokemon Go. So there are many different interesting uh, like, uh, attractions. Okay? in the Manchester city area, especially linked to science and scientists. So uh, the, using idea of a treasure hunter, we try to bring all the Manchester hidden story, science history, and bring to life, okay? So uh, we use 150 or 200 beacons around the city, and um, um, those are the main point where the uh, science either plaque or statue of a science scientist information is there. So when people are using an uh, app and approach that point, then they could get uh, additional information about um, science and scientists. So there are some other kind of uh, um, images about uh, uh, projects. So we use the beacons, okay? And um, some, we use the idea of Pokemon Go as well. And also about more than 3,000 uh, people in one of the shopping area, they tried uh, a virtual reality uh, as well. And another project is also is outdoor project. Is Lake District is one of the most uh, uh, popular destination in the UK. So they want to use this virtual reality to number one to attract more uh, visitors, but at the same time, 2016 was they actually applying for UNESCO World Heritage status. So as part of the their uh, UNESCO Heritage Campaign uh, with, uh, project was uh, designed, developed, and we were part of that the project team. And then what happened was they're using drone and took the 360 video film over the uh, Lake District. And around 
uh, in summer 2006, about 2,500 people tried and, and had a... We initial outcome was those people who tried uh, virtual reality, they have a more uh, like intention to visit this Lake District National Park. So I think we have a many uh, like booths here. Uh, rather than giving the brochure or you know uh, conventional materials, maybe virtual reality might uh, like motivate people to visit actual destination. Okay, in our research it shows that yes, there is still. Uh, Clearly, uh, is working okay for people to visit uh, a destination. So there's a number of different uh, partners working on this project. These are some of the images of the uh, various different age groups. They try this virtual reality uh, in Lake District. Okay? And the box project. Yeah, I think yeah. I just skipped the video. Um, so we involved in the box project. It's the multi-sensory um, box experience. Um, in Finland, and the idea is that you create different senses, so you can adjust the smell, you can adjust the sound, um, the um, landscape around, and we test how it affects the dining experience. For um, for instance, when we do a research, did it taste better or worse when you eat ice cream um, in the cold in the mountains, or it doesn't make a difference if it's a beach or very warm. So that's the kind of experience um, we are testing in this um, multisensory experience. Um, with Hagahelia University and our PhD student. And these are the couple of projects we're doing at the moment. So we moved away a bit from tourism, uh, focusing a bit on health at the moment, um, working on educational projects, just because there are so many interesting use cases as well. Um, so yeah. So what are main considerations? I think I really mentioned it's so important to have a curator. Um, so, where did I put it? Content sourcing. I think it's so important to have the right content because you can have really great kit, a VR kit, an AR kit. If you don't have the right content, nobody wants to use it. Um, you have to have the appropriate hardware. Um, it's some of the VR kits available, um, they need to be useful for, um, for tourists. So the best ones are the ones um, um, tethered to, to the computer. However, you know, probably for tourism you want to have not as powerful devices that can be used everywhere. Um, accuracy is very important, so the content, GPS and marker-based content, needs to be triggered when you want it. Um, you have to have the right technology for the right purposes, so virtual reality often works before and after an experience, whereas augmented reality during experiences in tourism. Um, interaction is key. And it's all about the enhancement of tourism experiences. Never try to replace it or think about enhancing it. And Timothy is wrapping it up now. Okay, so this is what I see. Uh, since 2013, with a number of uh, projects, and then we saw there are lots of opportunities using this AR and VR, especially because it can... Uh, increase, you know, enhance uh, experience. So, the technology which I mentioned in the early uh, in my presentation, there are number. If you combine those technologies, there are lots of opportunities in in our tourism, leisure, and hospitality industry. For example, AR, VR, and 3D printing can work together as a museum. So you have a great experience, and 3D printing can be used to produce the um, uh, souvenir based on your experience, rather than selling any souvenir. So that is a, some of the example. 
and AR and IoT and big data can work together, especially the Walt Disney, they, they are going to use AR using the IoT technology, right? And AR, IoT can work together as a smart tourism in urban health tourism context is going to work. And uh, AI can work together with virtual reality augmented reality for training purpose. It is happening in other industry already, okay? And a robot and AI can work together in hotel, right? And drone can be used for the outdoor uh, tourism experience, like Lake District National Park. Now, but there are some challenges for tourism when you are using this sort of technology. First of all, you know, very basic kind of a, a challenge, a roaming, Wi-Fi, associated cost. Cost is number one. So. Uh, tourists, they, if cost involved, they're not going to use any technology, which means they're not going to be access this sort of uh, uh, immersive experience. And meaningful content is key as well. Relevant content is so important. And also, you know, as a company, you need a right people, skills, resources. That is another uh, challenge. And also, pace of development changes. Okay. Uh, whether our tourism industry, you know, w can we cope with that development? Or are we left behind? You know, we, there are some lots of questions. And also find the right solution to solve the problems and in us experience. I don't believe that AR and VR will solve all the tourism problem. No, no. Only it is working in certain, uh, you know, context. It's really powerful, but not working every single situation. So we need to find the right content, right context, and the right technology. That's so important. And also, the harmony between the tech and the people, life experience is so important because tourism, you don't want to use technology all the time, but how technology can be used additional, enhance your experience. So I think this is really important in the digital age. And especially technology and human being, there is very different. Technology normally definitely fast, whereas human beings is slow. Sometimes we want to be using fast technology to get information, but we want a very slow relaxation. That's tourism. That's a holiday, isn't it? Technology is something big. Human being is small. Technology represents straight. Everything man-made is straight, but anything... Created by nature is all curves. You know, if you look at human body, there's no straight thing. Okay, so how are you gonna you know harmonize, combine this urban, rural, new and old? And technology normally look at economic uh, prosperity, whereas a human being is more quality of life. So I think it's really, really important to uh, have these two different angles and combine together. Okay, so, so slow philosophy is really important to control fast technology, especially if you want to use AR, VR technology in, in our industry, okay? So this is my last slide. So really, we need to uh, go for the human-centered, uh, but need to consider AI and IoT, big data, and 5G-powered immersive tourism services. So, you know, Without data, without uh, relevant content, you know, what you experience through the AR and VR sometimes is very pointless, meaningless. So uh, this smart technology, data-driven tech and intelligent tech can be used uh, for the uh, much more rich, immersive 
experience, and especially the 5G will be uh, uh, trialed and is first in Korea and many countries in Europe. So 5G will solve a lot of uh, technical problems. Uh, what we have when we are currently we are using 4G, there are lots of limitations, but 5G will solve lots of technical problems as well. But we shouldn't forget that why we are using this technology okay, is for the uh, quality of life and well-being and happiness. So as long as we have this uh, like a philosophy, okay, if technology can be used for better uh, quality of life, better uh, you know, happiness during our holiday, I think that will be very powerful and there are lots of uh, opportunities and chances our tourism industry can embrace this sort of technology. Okay? So, I think last uh, message will be ARVR and other emerging tech. We shouldn't look at ARVR technology because VR, one try once, wow, second trial, mm, and third, same information. You know, it doesn't mean, you know, you, know, you don't want to try again. So, you need to work AR via technology with other emerging techs, and that will transform our future in our industry as well. So I think as an industry, I think tourism compared to other industries like healthcare, manufacturing, I think it's still left behind, but we should keep an eye on all this technological development, and we need to use right technology in right context for right purpose. I think that is the... Uh, key in, for future success in tourism industry. I think that's it. So thank you. Thank you for your uh, listening our presentation. Okay. Thank you, Timothy. Thank you, Mandy, for your great presentation.